posting is always in the center of my closet. It's quiet, Naoma is sleeping, everybody else is at school. I have exactly 20 minutes before I need to wake her up and get her to an ear, nose, and throat appointment for her ear that has been struggling. She's got tubes in her ears and um, one of them is clogged with debris, like just so you know, it's blocking the, the tube from pressure and fluid getting out. And so it's like turning into an ear infection because the tube isn't allowed or able to do its job because it's blocked. So I had to go and get that. Uh, we've been using antibiotic drops on it to try to clear up all the, the gunk in there, but it's still bothering her and he wanted to do a checkup. Um, and then I got a race to pick up kids and take them to tumbling and gymnastics and all over the valley. And then I take Nico to the library while we wait for his class to start. And then we run to his tumbling class and then I pick everybody up and bring them all home. And I've got a beehive meal that's cooking right now in the crock pot. My eyes are like bloodshot. I keep seeing my eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I, you can visibly tell that I'm so tired. Uh, but today I, I wanted to, I was just reminded yesterday as I was uh, posting in the Big Family Jewels, I was like, oh my gosh, I think that this has been, <laughs> yes, the hardest year of my life, but it has been the hardest five years of my life starting back in 2019. And I don't want to make this negative. I don't want to make this sound like, oh, poor me. But I do want to document these five years because I feel like if I can get through these years, I can get through anything. I said that about my mission in 2002. Man, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. And honestly, like I've said before, it is those hard experiences that do enable you to say to yourself, I can do it again. I've done it before. It might be a different situation, but I, I, I made it. And I always go back to one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite movies. If you've ever seen um, Fried Green Tomatoes, um, it's the line where I think it's Iggy who says, a heart may be broken, but it still keeps a beating just the same. <laughs> and I think about that quote all the time because yeah, my heart's still a beating. I'm healthy physically and well for the most part. And my heart might be broken. My heart might be tired or weary or downtrodden, but it's still beating. I'm still here and it's time to still put the work in. I still have a job on this earth and eight little people to take care of, but I'm glad you're here. How was your new year's holiday? Ours was very low key. It was kind of different being on a Sunday, but, um, I wanted to jump in really quickly and talk about why these years were so hard. Um, kind of the big, events that went on through those those five years and what made it so difficult and how I'm ready to make 2024 the best that I can possibly make it and to kind of get myself out of this like free fall <laughs> where I just keep slamming the bottom like where's my parachute <laughs> but in 2020 2019 is kind of where I would say where it all began but it started long before I'm going to start first with ears um all of my kids, six of the eight, have had ear tubes. I mean, we're talking major infections, probably over 40 infections, because back when Adana was a little baby, you had to have seven infections in order, like in one year, in order to qualify for tubes. So if she had had five infections and then, and then you know, two more, um, 
two months later, but it happened to be a new year, she didn't qualify. I was like, ugh. Or it was something like that. But it was like so absurd that I couldn't get ear infections unless she got so many frequently consecutively in a row. So um, that was really obnoxious. That has since changed to three ear infections now is what the pediatrician told me. But Adana has had tubes. Xander has had tubes twice and adenoids taken out. India has had tubes. Ari had tubes. Treyu was my lucky number five and did not have tubes. Um, Kenya had tubes. Nico did not have tubes. And thank heavens because we had enough trauma with his feet. And then Naoma has tubes, which are now bothering her. Um, so in 2019, I decided to get tonsillectomies. So we had three tonsillectomies scheduled uh, for Adana, Xander, in India. And if you've ever have, your, have had your tonsils out or you know of someone who has, it is a brutal recovery. And I, I was prepared for it and I knew it. And it was. It was all the things that they said it would be. The whole house just reeked of burning flesh like in their throats, the crying, the screaming, but more than the throats hurting, it was this, the ears that they were, they were in so much pain just holding their ears like they were on fire and I felt so bad we would put rice in socks, wrap an elastic band around the rice pack, heat it up for 30 seconds, put it on their ears and then grab a bandana and hook it around their head almost as if they had their wisdom teeth taken out. Um, but the heat on the ears is what really helped them. Um, they had narcotics. I mean, it was bad. Um, Adana had strep throat the most. Xander never so much had strep throat. He had rectal strep. That's a story for another day. <laughs> or maybe I should tell it now because it's a good one. I'll say it really fast. Xander was complaining one day of his bottom really hurting. Like for a couple weeks, I finally felt bad and was like, okay, let me see take your pants down, let me see, turn around, and spread your cheeks. And he did. And it was just, you know, a little bit red, a little red raw. And I'm like, are you wiping properly? Like, are you, is it, are you straining to go? Does it hurt to go? And he was like, no, my bum just hurts. And so I took um, somebody else to the doctor, and he happened to be with me. And I, I wasn't even at the doctor for him. And I said, well, while we're here, can you check Xander's rear end? I was like, it's just red, raw, you know, I put some desitin in it, you know, scooped it up and just wiped it all over his bum. And, um, and it's still hurting him. He's like, well, let's do a rectal test or a rectal, a strep test on him. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, we're just going to swab his bum and see if he's got rectal strep. And I was like, wait, what? And so lo and behold, he does. He, he swabs his little bum hole, <laughs> excuse me for the, the wording here, and comes back and says it's positive for rectal strep. And I was like, what? Are you telling me rectal strep is a thing? Now let me preface this a little bit more because I forgot the best part of the story. A couple days after um, I had swabbed his, I had not swabbed, I had, um, well, I put the desitin in his bum, my throat started to hurt. <laughs> I'm sure you can tell where this is going. It hurt so bad. I opened my mouth. I had like the white dots of like the pus on your tonsils. I was like, oh my gosh, I have strep throat. It hurt so bad. And um, so as soon as I heard the news that Xander had rectal strep, I was like, 
I have rectal strep in my mouth. I clearly did not wash my hands thoroughly enough, and I was just horrified that I got strep from his bum. <laughs> oh, it's just like major face palms, but it's a funny story now looking back that I got rectal strep in my mouth. So that was awesome. Anyway, so we had three tonsillectomies and Kenya got ear tubes the very same day. So it was four surgeries in one. And people are like, why on earth did you get so many tonsillectomies at the same time? And I was like, listen, I would much rather get them all done in one day as opposed to, you know, dragging this out for eight weeks because it's like a 15 day recovery. It is half a month of getting better. Um, so that was horrible. It was horrible. They missed school. I... You know, Alex was out of town a lot and I was, and he took, he helped to take care of them. And I, you know, we tried to tag team and do our best. And I had a newborn. Did I mention that? Of course I did. <laughs> or maybe like a two month old, but I had a brand new baby and was dealing with their sick. Anyway, it was, it was horrible. I think the baby was, um, it must've been cause Kenya was getting the tubes. Must've been Nico. Maybe. Yeah. Nico. Yes, because in 2019, I had Nico. Anyway, fast forward, okay? So that was stressful. 2020 right is right around the corner, and we all know what happened in 2020. <laughs> um, I was hopeful that we were going to be able to continue to go on our cruise that was planned for April. We surprised the kids for Christmas with a little cruise. I think it was just like to Catalina or maybe like the... Um, Puerto Vallarta and, and uh, Cabo San Lucas and all those. I, it could have been, I can't remember which cruise it was. All I remember is that it freaking got canceled. The week before, um, the, the week before we were supposed to depart. So that was heartbreaking um, for them. We were going to take our oldest three and and we didn't get to go. And I was like, I am going. I don't care about this virus. This was before it was, too, it was you know, insane and things were just starting to shut down. Because we're sick all the time. I was like, what's one more virus? And I know there's going to be a lot of people that give me flack on here for that. But that's just how I viewed it at the time. Right? I don't view it much differently, to be honest with you, right now. But um, I was going on that cruise. No one was going to stop me unless the cruise itself canceled, which it did. So that was upsetting. But so here I am in 2020 with eight, seven at the time, seven kids at home, um, homeschooling six of them kindergarten, preschool, uh, first grade, third grade, fifth grade, fourth grade. It was just like, it was so much. It was so much. And I, you know, we had obviously no work coming in, no money coming in because entertainment was the first thing to go and the last thing to come back. Hence the cruise. Um, Alex obviously wasn't able to work because we couldn't get in big crowds of people. Um, and so we were going to get the free lunches at the schools and I would come home and whatever they didn't drink out of their little milk carton, I would combine and freeze. I would put it all into one and then freeze it. If they didn't eat their whole turkey sandwich, I froze it. Um, and, and then obviously the toilet paper, I mean, <laughs> the toilet paper in a family of 10, like we needed it. And I needed diapers. And anyway, you guys all know what happened and how stressful it was for you. And it was, it was very hard for me being trapped indoors all day long, homeschooling on top of teaching the gospel, on top of just regular housework and mom duties. It was so much. 
And I'm convinced that Heavenly Father blessed me to, to get through it without snapping too hard or too much because it was too much for any mom to to handle. Um, and then and then sick kids on top of it, you know, they'd still get sick. Um, but it was just overwhelming to have to be responsible for their gospel learning, to have to be responsible for their education at home, for have to, having to be responsible for cooking, cleaning, and then having no money to do it all. It was just, man, I, that was a horrible time. Um, and then 21, 2021 comes along. I am pregnant. Not right now. I was in 2021. And um, I had avoided COVID for so long. Like so many people had gotten it at this point. There was no vaccine at this point because I, um, it hadn't even been announced yet. So I am pregnant with Naoma and I remember going to Lee Sushi on New Year's Eve with my little fam, my big family and I got a soda. I got Diet Coke, I think. I don't ever drink pop, but I really do like the taste of it. So I was drinking that and I was like, this doesn't taste right. This doesn't have the same like yummy Diet Coke taste. That's weird. Kept sipping it. Doesn't, I can't really taste it very well. Okay, nothing is, is registering at this point. And then, um, and then I start to realize a little bit later into the dinner that I can't really taste the, the ramen I was eating either. And, and then all of a sudden it clicked and I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, mind you, I'm two weeks away from delivering. I was due, I think, January 16th. Yeah, and it's New Year's Eve. So I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have COVID how can this be? I've made it so long and so far. How can this be? It was the most discouraging feeling that I had gone, gone nine, eight and a half months without, you know, staying clear, steering clear of the virus. And I'm pretty certain that I have it. And I wouldn't have gone to get tested just because we were all at home anyway and not really going anywhere. And, but my OBGYN said, let's get you tested because you're um, your treatment plan will change if you are COVID positive. I was like, what do you mean? In what way? She's like, well, we will, um, start to give you different medicines and you will probably be induced. And it was scary. You know, she said, I've seen double the miscarriages. I've seen double the, um, stillbirths. And I mean, it was, I was, I was scared. So I did. I went and got tested, of course, to get that test back. It came back positive, and I was like, oh, that's just great. I wasn't surprised, but that was really discouraging, and knowing that I had probably just given it to all my kids, I had given it to friends, and so she ended up, um, I stayed home, and and I didn't get, uh, I, I didn't get to have the birth that I wanted, where I like births to come just naturally. I like them to happen when my body and that baby are good and ready. But she said, we're scheduling an induction and we're going to get you on to, I'm forgetting the, the drug. Crap. Lovenox? Is that what it was, people? Lovenox, I think. Um, but it was a shot. I gave myself morning and night every day. And I think it was a blood thinner. Was it? I think so. I can't remember exactly, but, um, I had that every day and man, it stung. It was like a bumblebee sting every time, either in my hips, in my shoulders, on the top of my quad. Like I had, I was bruised everywhere. I think it was Lovenox. And 
I could, I could be saying that totally wrong. And there's another um, form of that medicine for people who, ha I can't even remember honestly why, why I had it, but I think that they were dealing with um, placental abruptions and placenta problems. So she wanted to make sure that the blood flow was um, clear and s smooth sailing, so to speak, and with no clotting because a lot of women were getting clots, I believe, like in their lungs and um, even even postpartum. So I could be way off on that. I don't remember exactly, but I think that was a medicine. I think it was morning and night, and I was injecting myself every day with that, kind of in secret because, you know, you were kind of shunned if you had COVID. It was like you were a leper. And I was pregnant, very pregnant. And so she induced me on January 12th instead of this, you know, I was due the 16th. So she was ready to come, but I, she said to me, we have to induce you, um, on day 11 of when your COVID resolved. Um, because if we induce you on day 10 or day nine, we all have to be in hazmat gear. Your husband can come to the hospital, but he cannot leave because if he leaves, he can't come back. Um, you'll have to be in hazmat gear. And, but if we do it on day 11, then you're considered COVID, um, was it COVID free at that point? COVID resolved. And, um, so we'll all have masks on, but again, Alex can, he had to go and stay for two days and then, but then I think he was able to come and go because I was resolved at that point. It's a little bit fuzzy in my, in my mind, but I mean, I like to do my babies unmedicated, deliver them unmedicated. And so doing that, um, with a mask on <laughs> was hard. It was hard. Um, and at the same time, I look back at the video and I don't really remember even having the mask on because you're in such another realm. You're in such a different world that, because it hurts so bad that the last thing I was thinking of was the mask on my face. But I did. I pushed her out unmedicated. I went from zero to 10. I didn't even get to the hospital out of three or four. I went from zero with Pitocin and those are hard deliveries when they're Pitocin induced and the, the, the medicine is forcing the cramping of your uterus, forcing it. And, uh, it's unmedicated. It was at least unmedicated with, um, you know, pain medicine. So that was difficult. Okay. So moving on, we have no money still because the money is still not coming in because we ha have, you know, no concerts and no income. The kids are, are, are behind in school and, you know, struggling in math and in reading. And, um, I got every variant. I don't even remember what they were. The Delta variant, the COVID A or B, I can't remember what they were, but I got every single one of them. And not even just, we weren't just sick with COVID. We still got strep. We still got, um, hand, foot and mouth and the barfs and just, you know, colds. So it was so challenging. Um, all with a new baby and I was trying to keep her protected from COVID and although I was grateful because I believed that she had the antibodies from the umbilical cord, I just was hoping that she was going to survive. <laughs> and then fast forward to 2022, life is picking up, things are normalizing a little bit more, but not in the entertainment industry. That's still the last to come back. So we're still struggling economically um, and it was hard. It was extremely hard on obviously the relationship and the relationship with our kids, my, my relationship with the kids, 
um, because of just constant stress and cortisol levels spiking. And, um, and then as we know, um, in August of 2022, Alex, um, he left, he decided he did not want to be married anymore. And I will leave that at that because I am not, um, able to talk about those things right now. But so as you can imagine in 2023, I've been living as a single mom, doing the best I can. Um, COVID is still around. Strep throat is still around. In fact, Adana got strep in her finger, you guys, in her finger. It was just like an infection in her index finger. I was like, what is happening? Oh my gosh, it's going to like try to get at her no matter how, like no matter how, what, what tonsils are removed or what medicines or antibiotics or antibodies she has, you know? So we still get the strep. We still get COVID. We still get sick. There's you know, financial instability and relationship instability and all these things are really hard and it is, I can honestly say, been the hardest five years of my life, but I am dedicated to making 2024, to making it out alive. <laughs> it's going to be better than, than years past. I'm going to really strive to have a positive, like, mindset and to um, use my brain and my mental powers to... Uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Shuff, uh, bring to pass to, to, to just to make it a good year. I cannot think of the, of the right, you know, this fluid, beautiful sentence to make me sound smart. But I, I know that with faith, with prayer, with diligence and with hard work and good old-fashioned grit that I can do this and I've got God on my side and so many loyal women who have had my back and I'm so thankful and I'm pledging to you and to myself that 2024 will be my best year in five years I mean that I've had in five years we're gonna make it happen Thanks for tuning in. Like, or I was going to say like and subscribe. Do that on YouTube. But give me a review or a rating and share it with a friend of somebody else who may have had, you know, struggled through the last few years of childbearing and COVID. Um, they'll get through it. One step in front of the other. One breath. One wink at a time. One wink. One blink at a time. One, one hefty dose of air at a time. Because your heart still beats. It's the Julie Jepson Podcast. Thanks for being here.